This week's show, we are discussing the article on Gentleman's Quarterly, or commonly known as GQ. Is that what that stands for? I yeah. never knew that. Yes, Bob. So, <laughs> so, just a minute. So, Pharrell Williams uh, is interviewed by Will Welch, and the title of the article is called Pharrell on Evolving Masculinity and, the spiritual, and Spiritual Warfare. So, it's interesting that he starts off talking about how he was wearing women's clothes like Prince and Michael Jackson, and then people came after him because they were quoting the Bible. And then now he's a representative of the new masculinity. But I think the premise is wrong because just because you wear fancy clothes like rock stars from the 80s, that does not mean that you're an icon of uh, metrosexuality or whatever they're pushing. Because, um, you know, Roy, uh, our guest on the show is my friend Roy. He was saying that, um, that it was just so strange what, Pharrell Williams was saying, but there's a part in the article where there's an accusation that him and that other guy that made the song uh, uh, I Know You Want It, now he he's going on a campaign to prove that he's not uh, putting women down or trying to uh, portray women as sexual objects, and now he is the new prince, and he doesn't come across as someone who goes in and out of feminine or masculine um, modes, he's coming out as, as someone who's banking on the new sensitivity about the Me Too movement. What do you think, Roy? Man, I try to get through that article. Am, am I being recorded now? This is weird. I mean, I read most of it, and I try to make sense of what he's saying, but it's just, I can't interpret that. You have to have a lot of money. And you have to be uh, be beyond, like, the working man's grasp of reality to think in the sense that he does. Oh, my God. You know, just talks about all the money he has and how humble he has to be. It, I, I just couldn't be like that, man. I can't think like that for myself. I don't know. Uh, I know I wouldn't be wearing what he looks like is what, sleeping bags? Like, you know, people shouldn't be going to, to GQ for their... Uh, for their sense of masculinity, dude. Who wears that? Is that what the future is? Maybe to him, maybe to elitist, but Alan Thicke's son. I think that he's doing this for, just like you said, uh, well, he says it's for, it's for himself. It's shock value. You know, you call him the new prince, but I, I feel that's like insulting to prince. Like, I, I like the song Happy or whatever, but... Man, I, I just I just don't don't validate the what he's saying. I don't validate that he that he wants to be the sense of masculinity for Me Too movement or what have you. I think it's just uh, it's just propaganda set out by the media so to sell magazines and for people like us to discuss. I don't think it's it's anywhere grounded in reality because as me a heterosexual male man. I'm not going to dress like that. I don't care what his influence is. And for my son, I'm not going to let my son dress like that. So it's it's not it's not based in reality to me, you know? Well, let's yeah. let's talk about that. So uh the cover of GQ, um I guess it was um 
sometime in, in 2019, is him with blonde hair, an earring. I, it looks like he's wearing makeup. And then he's wearing this robe that looks like a sleeping bag. And he looks like a Madonna, like a statue of the Virgin Mary. And then around him, they put the letters uh, that make the words, the new masculinity issue. Where do you see the influence of Virgin Mary on him? I don't see that. Well, if you see the the kind of Eastern European or the South European, like Spanish, um, there's these uh, statues of the Virgin Mary where she has a robe that looks like a triangle. And she has her hands in the middle. So it's more almost like that. It's like an iconic image of a man dressed on a sh- with a sheet. And like you said, it's like if you watch Bruno or some type of e-show. <laughs> That's what that looks like. It's a, at least a joke. It's a joke. Right. It looks like, like a, a joke. either a joke or... Uh, a fashion show gone wrong or a little too artsy for the common man, like you're saying. But let's talk about this idea that you wouldn't let your son wear something like that. One time, I said something that some people found kind of controversial. I said that when I was a kid in Mexico, um, the color pink wasn't a color that men would wear. And then you come to America and you see men wearing salmon, and other colors that, that with time it became bright pink or Mexican pink, like we call it back home. So, and that uh, it takes a real man to wear pink shoes. I remember there was this Italian kid who was an exchange student in my high school here in Houston, and he wore pink shoes, and he could pull them off because he was like a Leonardo DiCaprio kind of uh, honky dude. So... Um, so this thing about being unique, and I have no problem with that, but you're saying that if your son wanted to dress in some type of flamboyant way, uh, how, how would that uh, affect your relationship with him? And would you censor or um, dictate what kind of clothes can your son wear? Well, as long as he's a child and under 18, yeah, under living with me, you know, I, I'm not trying to oppress him. But at the same time, I'm not trying to let him make a fool of himself because I think that'd be a disservice to him for me as a parent not to be looking out for him. But for me to say, all right, Mario, you want to wear that dress outside and you think it's going to be socially acceptable? You think other kids are going to be as tolerable as me and you or, you know, as people who are right-minded? You go get beat up. And whose fault is that ultimately? Mine for letting him walk out like that. And that's what people don't understand. They just want to say, oh, you're being homophobic or you're being uh, transphobic or any other type of phobic. And you, I, I just I gotta be, if I'm a parent first. And another thing, I'm a Christian parent first. And I know that's one of the things he talks about. One of the, uh, one of the things he said, where in the Bible, does in this article, he says, where in the Bible does it say, you know, I can't wear blouses or skirts or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. If you're going to do that, that's your business. And I'll tolerate. I'm tolerant. You know, I'm Christianity's tolerance. But don't try to force it on my son. And I think that's what media and society is doing. It's like, this is what what a man is supposed to look like. This is what masculinity is supposed to be. 
well, if they're emphasizing this is what new masculinity is, and I sure don't agree with that, and I think most the common man will not agree with that. And no, I'm not going to let my son dress flamboyant. Okay, well, let's let's put it, put um, your particular form of Christianity aside because that's another grenade that we started talking about Prince, and Prince did some stuff that like even in the in the 80s after the sexual revolution and the crazy days of the 70s. It was pretty out there, and he was a Jehovah's Witness. So you're telling me that that you identified or connected with Prince, and for some reason, these this new metrosexual mentality it, you find problematic. <laughs> oh, we could do a, a whole podcast on how wrong you are. With your... <laughs> no, no, okay. Yeah, because Prince is really... Uh... I don't know. He was out for girls, you know, and I think this this generation of the way they try to reflect masculinity or, or wearing makeup and stuff like Look at him. He's wearing makeup in the picture. I'm looking at it. Pharaoh. No, no, no. But, but let's go there because let, let's analyze that because when I was a kid, one of my favorite bands was Twisted Sister and, you know, this, this big Jewish guy with... Blonde curly hair. Okay, well then, well then that's where we go back. Um, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. And I retract what I'm saying. I'm not offended by this because again, it's like when I started. This is all being done for shock value, for giving us something to look at and point. Just like Twisted Sister was, just like Kiss, just like Prince. It's shock value. You have to have something that people can look at and see, and something you can sell. Because, like, no one wants to see just the normal guy, you know? Now, am I saying, like, this is what, uh, this is the only way to get attention? No, but if they choose, that's how to get attention. And that's what it is, man. It's a ploy for attention. There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, that's, some people are going to look. Some people are going to buy your product or it'll be your music, your films, you know? So, yeah, I see what you're saying. But you brought up the Bible, and everybody back then wore robes. And then if you look at history, In the 17th century, there was a thing called a cavalier man. And it was a man who wore makeup, who wore wigs, who um, painted a little um, mold. Or, or what's it called? Um, uh, a little birthmark on their on their face. And they, like you said, like Prince and Twisted Sister and all these rock bands, they were out to get women. And for some reason, there's some women who are attracted to men that look like them. I don't understand that. I'll never will. But this idea of the prettier you look, the more uh, women feel comfortable around you. And it's almost like a thing of, of like an evolution thing because when you look at a lion or a peacock, it's usually the male that has the more or ornamental and attractive features and the women, the, the feminine animals are more uh, not as extravagant. So humans were mimicking that and like you said to draw attention to to be unique and you know uh, Freddie Mercury in the movie that came out he he was uh, chased by women because he was so uh, interesting so um, so this thing about being able and that's the thing with Prince he was able to like navigate both realms my dad used to play a song from Prince that was um, amusing because it was called uh, What if I was your girlfriend? 
and he uh, and he said, if I was your girlfriend, I would go shopping with you. Uh, and and it's this idea that he he wanted to be so close to this woman that he would go as far as you know share makeup and things like that. So, um, do you believe that when men start getting like, nah, nah, that's crazy, like that they're not secure in their own masculinity, or uh, like you said, the common man just doesn't have time for that. The common man doesn't have time for that, man. So, so I've been wanting to do a show about this for a while, and we're gonna do it right now because when when uh, things were were changing in our country in the last uh, four years, I felt that the reason that Trump won was because there was a backlash against um, dismissing and ignoring traditional views and values. That if the left went so far with their agenda of trying to uh, force um, new perspectives and alternative ways of life and things like that, that people couldn't handle it. And that they picked the most bigoted, the most uh, racist, the most outspoken person against everything that the left stood for to show them that they couldn't impose their views on them. Do you agree with that? Right. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I'm neither left nor right, but I am against having either side's views pressed upon me. And I do feel like that is why kind of like you have so many people out uh, wanting Trump or, or, you know, that's what we're talking about, right? Like Trump, he is because people were voted against that. They didn't want to live in a society where, um, whether people's lifestyles or like not wanting to give their kids gender uh, was forced on them. It's ridiculous. And so that's going to make people revolt and go towards, you know, well, towards, you know, with Trump sides the left, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Left. We don't even know anymore because he was a, he was a, a liberal before he ran for president and then he went to all right. And I saw that with, um, but that's a whole different thing. I'm going to say uh, it's the Republican side, the conservative, right? Because it was so extreme where people are imposing their will, you know, it's to the point where they can't let kids be kids anymore. It, it just has to be so, they call it inclusive, but it's like, what are you including? You know, you're forcing your lifestyle on my kids and imposing it, I think. Well, you can't just let them enjoy certain things like Disney movies. Now there has to be a push for Star Wars, you know, like Star Wars, the the black character, uh, what's his name? Finn, having a relationship with the pilot. Uh, they want uh, Captain Marvel to be a girl from Thor. Uh, they had to sneak in. Uh, I mean, I don't care because I like, I don't mind. Uh, I mean, I don't, I tolerate everybody you know but i mean if you just you put my point is you're putting it on kids man and that's going to scare the older conservative people into being even more conservative it's thrust upon them that you're not letting kids be kids anymore and i feel like that's what it is and that's how you that's how trump wins he plays to that he plays to those people's fears and i think that's with everything whether it be immigration mexicans uh, or whatever else he's selling to people, you know? I'm going to be the devil's advocate and, and call me uh, pinko uh, 
lefty communist or whatever you want because we're in a very progressive radio station broadcasting right now and yeah. when when someone hears what you just said they would say well that's backwards thinking you're you're a knuckle dragger you know caveman you you think that that your your perspectives are greater than anybody else's and you're making value judgments when what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide an opportunity for diversity for multiple perspectives and that all perspectives are equal because we've gone that route. We've gone the 50s ways, the traditional Protestant perspective or Catholic in America, and all that it brought was discrimination and, and targeted attacks against people who were different. So now we have to go the other way. We have to be completely open, completely accepting, and everything is wonderful and everything is beautiful. And who, who are we to say... That's not appropriate and that's not cool when we all have different ways to look at the world and every child is different and when it's all said and done, we're just trying to be happy and good people. Why do you have to push a, a traditionalist agenda on the rest of the population who might not agree with it? How am I pushing anything? I'm just saying don't push your views on me. Don't push your views on my child. I'm not pushing anything. If anything, I want to shield, if I want to protect my child, like, you should protect yours, and that's fine. But for you to stand there and tell me I'm wrong for not accepting what you have to cram down my throat, then I think you're wrong, and you're the one forcing your way, not me. But you people, but the so-called progressive side doesn't want to see it that way. It's like, oh, you're, you're wrong, and I'm not looking at my perspective. No, your perspective is there. But I don't think it's appropriate to force it on children. And that's what it's, I feel is, is a lot of times being done. And I mean, no disrespect to any other, anyone's side. Do what you want. In your own home, out on the street, I don't care. But uh, allow me to do my service as a father to my son and to teach him what I feel is my beliefs and what's right, what's wrong. And let my kid be a kid. And don't force, force your ways, you know? Let, let's... Look at it from this perspective. So the radical left would say that the reason we have racism, the reason we have sexism, the reason we have injustice is because of the systems that have been there f forever. And until we challenge those systems, so such as patriarchy and the roles of women and men and the racial uh, caste system that this country and others have, we won't be able to change the tide for the better. So it's kind of like the thing about the statues of uh, Civil War heroes from the Confederate side. They say if you leave those up, they can be historical or whatever, but they're symbols of racism. They're symbols of lack of inclusion. So we have to tear them down and put better symbols. So it's the same thing. If, if you come from the perspective that society has two narrow views on what masculinity is and only tough guys and uh, people who are violent and who are aggressive are seen as the heroes of of males in our society then males are going to grow up to become like that and sensitive men sensitive um, people who who are in touch with their feelings, who are artistic, who are creative, they're being uh, discriminated and dismissed as not real men 
we need to break the mold. And then this idea that women have to be a certain way also has to be uh, debunked because there's all different kinds of women. And this idea that women can only have certain roles, that's why we, we can't have a female president because there's this idea that a woman can't lead in that capacity. And there's tons of other countries that have gone that way and everything has been okay. So you mentioned the fears. The the fear of of what's new is what's holding America back. And it should be an, a challenge. But now it seems like people who are traditionalists are so fragile that just because you criticize um, toxic masculine roles or you criticize the way that women are portrayed, you're suddenly like abusing their their childhood and their fondest memories when without challenging that stuff we can get to a different place where we don't keep on um, participating in the same type of discrimination that has been going on well i think it's like convenient for if you talk about the woman presidency i'm all for a woman president sure but not hillary clinton you know that's what it was and that's what Umbrella she asked. She didn't look at why people didn't want her as president uh, or, or miss her scandals or whatever. But uh, she she doesn't want to look at the reason why people didn't want her. She just wants, or uh, not so much her, but maybe her too. She gives an excuse that oh, because she was a woman, people didn't elect her, and that isn't true. It's because of who she was. They didn't elect her. That that election was hers to lose. Because the, the president now is a buffoon. And America would take an idiot over that crooked lady, over her... She just I don't even say she's crooked, because uh, that's like trustworthy. But she just seemed very disgenuine and untrustworthy. And that's the way she came across to the voters, and that's, uh, and that's what happened there. Now, don't blame me, because I didn't vote. I don't vote. I don't believe uh, in either left or right, so I really can't complain. But for the people that are complaining, as me as like someone observing, you know, that's what it was. That's that's why she lost. Not because she's a woman, you know. I wouldn't mind a female president. And uh, if there was someone that I find that is appealing, and that I actually think is good, then yeah, I would vote for her. But that wasn't the case with her. And that's why they didn't vote for her, and she should have won that election. But this idiot did because of, well, whether it be false information on her part. But I, I, my point is, don't make it all because you're a woman. Don't lean on that crutch because that's not the case, you know. She has her own fault. And she and, and whether or not the liberals choose to acknowledge it or not. Like, I'm neither – I guess I'm a moderate. Like, I don't consider myself a Republican or a Democrat. So I think – both neither have uh, our full uh, best interest in hand, and you can see it. You know uh, the way we struggle, as you and I struggle as men, and for employment, and who gets you know dealt with. You know through you know the racist uh, aspects of it. So you know, I, I see no point. In being, it doesn't matter who's president. I'm not to struggle to find work, or I'm not to go to work and struggle. So, man, woman, gay or straight, you know, doesn't matter. But let's go back to the issue of children and the way that um, we're socialized. 
So, um, a few months back, there was a report that one of the children of the princess of, of England was interested in ballet or some type of, um, of dancing. And a female anchor on one of those morning shows was making fun of him and saying that he wouldn't last long once his friends realized that he was into dancing. And there was a backlash from all these uh, blokes who are great dancers and who are famous for their agility. And it was this idea that it's okay to make fun of someone who picks uh, a mode of expression that is not associated with manhood. Um, growing up, did you ever meet somebody who was like an artist or a fashion designer or something like that? And you automatically said, oh, this guy, you know, he's off his rocker. He's uh, out of touch. Or were you raised to respect everybody's uh, creativity or uh, different career choices? I mean, it wasn't his career. Well, he is an artist. Uh, he's like one of my best friends. He was always out there and very uh, outlandish. He was, uh, whether it be where he wore, what he drew. The art he does now, you know, he's one of my best friends. So I wouldn't care what you did. You know, it all, it, normal people should see people as for the person they are, you know. And uh, I just know, I never, I never really judged somebody. Now, maybe when I was a kid, like most kids are, like ignorant and don't know better. You know, maybe I said some stupid stuff like most people do. But as a child, you know, not knowing better and ignorant. But, you know, you get older and uh you should mature and be tolerant of people and you know no i don't insult anybody whether it be in acting or singing or dancing you know because there was a, a a conference in i believe australia where they were talking about how the images that boys see growing up is of the kind of like a terminator type or stallone or somebody shooting people or killing them and and that that's the tough guy that, that we all uh, look up to become. And then somebody said, well, that's interesting because when you think of all the musicians, all the visual artists, all the famous playwrights, poets, and stuff like that, like very few of them are considered effeminate or flamboyant. The majority of them were these... Uh, normal looking guys and they were you know we're using the term normal and some people can be offended by that but they were these average um male characters that didn't really um seem different from the rest of society they were just more in tune with the creative spirit um do you have a, a role model or somebody that is not the typical um because you know in the latino community Everybody loves Rambo, everybody loves Rocky, everybody loves uh, even Scarface. Do you have oh, yeah. anybody you look up to that that doesn't fit that pattern, like some famous singer or somebody other than Prince that, uh, that you would um, look up to because of their talent, not their, their brute force? Well, uh, do you mean like someone who isn't like, so isn't the ideal like uh, of machismo? Or whatever, like look at Billy Joel. Billy Joel isn't flamboyant. He's just a singer. He's a good singer. I like Billy Joel. I like a lot of uh, people, and they don't have to project that 
I don't know, super masculinity. John Travolta, despite ugly rumors about him, he, uh, <laughs> I like him. He could dance. He dance his ass off, you know? I like John Travolta and great dance. They say that in radio you can say that word if it's like in a flippant way. If you say it specifically about someone's bot- buttocks, it's, it's offensive. But if you say it like, like the way you said it, it's okay. No, but, but back to the, the masculinity thing and all that, it's like there's a sense of like, can men make fun of other men who are too much when it comes down to trying to prove that they're, that they're masculine? Because we've all met meatheads or some type of insecure guy who's always trying to um, humiliate you or put you down. Because all, all my life. He's more successful, more strong. I get mad because talking again about making fun of people, there are certain groups that everybody can make fun of supposedly, and that that nobody ever complains or sues them about. And it really goes back to people being mobilized and organized. Like, when I started looking at, at the Me Too movement and the way that women have been treated throughout the, the centuries and even the last 30, 40 years in Hollywood and things like that, it's been this, this thing of, like, could women say anything Um, on their behalf or it was so male dominated they wouldn't be taken seriously well well let's say like like the movie joker let's say they find a video of um, a unique person with unique abilities and and he trips he trips and falls or something and then they play it on tv and they're like it's not only funny because he fell it's funny because he was unique in his ways yeah and then So so then you go bananas like Joker because unless unless someone stands up for you, but I feel that in this culture and this is way better than in other places. Somehow, if you watch a movie, it's okay to call women disparaging names. It's okay to portray women in in negative fashion as part of a dramatic story. Like I never seen Kill Bill. And I don't plan to watch it because I've seen other uh, Tarantino movies and he's either making fun of black people or disparaging women. And and my dad would always tell me, well, if you censor out or not watch stuff that does those things, you end up living a boring life because they're portraying the world as it really is. And it's like, well, how much portrayal it actually becomes a form of supporting and advertising that type of behavior. So um, that's my issue. Is like, why is it okay for some random guy to write a story where they talk so horribly about a woman or beat her up or mistreat her and that that's part of her journey? Like, would you want to watch a, a movie where all they do is torture some guy? Well, why not? I think you know what uh, it all comes down because it, it, in the end, I mean, whether you choose to watch it or not, whether you're offended by it, by it or not, and that's just it. It's your choice to view these films. It's your choice to want to look at a sculpture you may be offended by or a painting. And then it's all art. And who are you, or who is anybody, to tell anyone uh, they can't or cannot express some way? through their art, it's not hurting anybody. It isn't. 
Now, if you interpret it and you want to be offended by it, well, that's on you. But you you should have a sense of what you're about to see or what you're going to look at. So what you're talking about isn't uh, adjusting, whether it be jokes or a movie, uh, adjusting content to make you feel more comfortable. Because then you're no better than a dictator. <gasps> then uh, Kim Jong-un, because you're oppressing art, man. You're oppressing people. You're become the oppressor because you think you're so offended or you don't like seeing women portrayed a certain way. or it, And it's just one artist's art, whether it be film or how they want to tell a story. You just said, why does this guy have to write a story? Because that's what he wants to write. That's his right. That's his freedom in this country. So, you know. It goes back to shock value and his art. So so there's art that is unique to itself, like a person makes something from scratch. And then there's art that that is part of a historical narrative. So, you know, if you're Irish and you make Irish art, that some the first person who identified themselves as Irish made some type of, of circular drawings and then irish art became what it is now so if you show up and you say well i make irish art and it has nothing to do with what the irish art looks like that most people recognize then we say that's not irish art so i think that that's what's happening when someone comes out dressed in a clownish outfit and they say well this is what it means to be masculine and then there's a history of what it means to be masculine, and there's good and bad examples of masculine men. And then they're like, well, it doesn't fit the criteria because it's not related to what most people would would assume that it is masculine. And they're like, oh, well, that's the problem because masculinity is, is um, a, a bad... Um, like category to begin with why do men have to be portrayed as hunter uh, gatherers or you know one book that i hate is uh, men are from mars women are from venus because it was this very uh non-masculine little guy saying you know men are hunters and women are are cave dwellers and because men are hunters they like to go out and bring home the bacon and because women are are uh, you know stay in the cave and, and they tend the fields they like to be nurturers and it was every stereotype that you could find and i'm like who's this guy to to make these broad generalizations um i might not be a good hunter so i would stay with the women to protect them or to make um clothes or to feed the goats or whatever and that doesn't stop me from being masculine. I still uh, am a man. I'm just a man with different skills. And, and so it seems like in, in almost like a caveman way in America, if you don't have a job that doesn't involve like hard labor, you're not a real man. And if a woman ventures out from uh, rearing children, she's not a, a good woman. Those are very, like, like narrow perspectives that don't even make sense historically. 
Well, if they hate the new Terminator, it isn't because it's women. I think it's just bad storytelling and just probably milking that franchise and not doing it justice. It has nothing to do with women or whatever. Terminator 3 was good and it had a good bad guy, which was a woman, a good bad girl. And uh, so I I don't know, man. It, it ain't just because of women. I mean, people could see it that way. They're going to interpret it how they want. But let's bottom line is just some things aren't good. Like, uh, I guess you could argue, oh, you don't want to see Ghostbusters reboot because it's all women. No, because it's sorry. Because it's, it's just, this is a bad movie. <laughs> they don't know what that means. This is a bad movie. No one wants to see it. No one is mad because people didn't like it. You're mad because people didn't like your art. So that makes them all bad people. You know, it goes a two-way street. You know, you don't have to censor your art, but I don't have to digest it and take it in. If I had a woman that would let me be a stay-at-home dad. The, the shock value comes from something that is out of the ordinary. And the, that's all that is. That people are not used to it. But but the reality, like my wife would say, this is 2019. When are, are traditionalist people going to stop pulling the card like, well, we've been doing this like this all along, so let's keep trucking. When, like I said, there are some things that are not working. Like when you see children being violent, you there's two ways you can look at it. That's just the way they are. They're little animals that came out of the womb being aggressive or they're being taught to be aggressive by their parents and usually the male is more aggressive than the female. There are exceptions of women who abuse men and hit them but the majority of the crime that is committed is by males and is usually two females. So there has to be an accounting for the type of masculinity that it is destructive and for some reason you can't say that nowadays because the right will go crazy and say that you are a hater of men when we know for a fact that there's a problem with violence against women and that men are not being held accountable for their actions. But whose fault is it? Are you saying that's the Terminator's fault and Rambo's fault? I don't think it is. I think it's there's people out there who are violent against women and they're they're not men in my eyes, you know, and it's wrong. But, you know, any type of violence is wrong. So I you can't put it all on this one gender, man, cuz there's plenty of women out there hitting guys and the, the media it doesn't influence that. Doesn't influence that. It, you can look at Mexicans uh us you know, we have a word for that, machismo, and, uh, you know, I, I I don't subscribe to all of that, beliefs and hitting women and stuff like that, and not, just like you don't, you know. I agree with uh, projecting masculinity, but there, there's a time where, like, common sense comes in, you know, and that's what it's a matter of, people practicing common sense or therefore lack of. And that's what that is. This isn't masculinity. That's something totally different, hitting women. That's, that's, that's being a fool, you know? And why validate them and call that masculine at all? I wouldn't. Well, but, you know, there are some circles among men that they think that 
dominating the the other gender is the way to go about um like even being romantic i don't think that's true i, I don't think that's true unless you unless you we talk about like the female uh woman haters club the rascals <laughs> the little rascals i don't think it's true i think that's an individual basis there's no there's no circle of wife beaters of america you know so i don't think that's true i I think it's there is a problem but you can't put that all on society's depiction of masculinity because that's like a coward in my eye that's not being a man at all there are some culture and societies where um i have a friend from africa and he said that when a salesman would knock on the door and uh, the wife would come out, he would say, I don't want to talk to the child, children of this family. I want to talk to the man. And they would treat women like property or, or children as part of the, the household or the the people under the care of the man. And you could see that in an evolutionary way where there's territorial things about the male being the protector and things like that. But there are many societies where women are put down and they're being they're treated as second class citizens because the men have held the power and they don't want to share it so we're lucky to be in a place that it is inclusive and egalitarian but there are certain parts of the world where they'll bring here their idea that women don't have the same type of uh, rights or even in their worldview the same type of abilities as a man and they use that, they use religion or cultural considerations to push that agenda. So how are we as contemporary men um, helping to change uh, that mentality? So I could say that about Mexico, that um, the majority of the men who are macho, and macho in Spanish is different than macho in, in English, I one time was... Um, making the claim that macho in Spanish is more offensive because it means like a like an animal, like a, a male animal, so it's someone that has no control over their impulses. And in English, macho is someone who's proud of their masculinity or something like that. So this idea that the women are under the control of men in Mexico, that's just the way it is. And it might not be physical or abusive, but it's just, this idea that the male has the last say and they have all the respect and admiration. And even when the male misbehaves, you don't um, challenge him because there's some type of uh, pecking order and that that if you were to break that pecking order, you would be uh, shamed and kicked out of your community. Did you ever see that growing up or was it a more modern American uh, household in your family? I haven't really seen anything like that. Like, I know it exists, and I see through media and stuff, like the movies, but no, nothing like that, man. I mean, is it out there? I'm sure, yeah, but... So I know you're a fan of, of, of mafioso movies. Wasn't it like that with, right. with The Godfather? Like, the, the male is like a patriarchy, and, and, and he gets to decide who lives, who dies, and how the women are going to be uh, handed over or uh, treated among his clan? I haven't really, like, I mean, yeah, that's that culture. That's that Italian 
culture is depicted, you know? Is it really like that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. You don't hear of any female gangsters or whatever. I mean, I know they try to make movies about it, but who sees it? Who watches it? Because that's just not reality. So one of my dad's favorite shows was The Sopranos. Oh, God, I love that movie. I love that show. And it was kind of like a likable... So he was a likable criminal who was like a father figure. And he was, you know... In some ways, he was a regular guy. In some other ways, he was a piece of crap, uh, abusive guy. But it was this sense of, like, you can empathize or connect with him because he was raised in that culture. And I've always had a problem with romanticizing uh, criminals and portraying them as, as as a role model because if that's the case, then what's the point of being a good person if... Uh, it's glamorizing violence and abuse and things like that. So did you see like redemptive qualities in uh, Tony Soprano? Like was he trying to be a better person or was he so ingrained in that kind of lifestyle that he was just going through his emotions? Well, it's funny you say that because the actor himself, James Gandolfini, uh, several, I've read and researched because I'm a fan of the show too, he had a problem with the way Tony Soprano was portrayed, but more so like for Italian Americans, cause they're not like that. They're not all like that. And he did not like the way it was portrayed. And there's times he's going to walk off the movie or the show and, and not do it. I took it for what it is, man. It was just entertainment. And I did not look at it as a way to, uh, live life or the, uh, like let that influence me as a way to treat women, you know? And if people can't distinguish that, then that's their, that's their own fault. That's their problem for not being able to distinguish it. So everyone should, should change TVs and movies because people, some people out there uh, can't tell what's real and what's fiction. That's what I think. We're going to have a show about Joker with a, with a friend of mine who's a movie buff because that was my fear with the, the Joker where he... Um, He's portrayed as a victim, and then people who want to commit crimes uh, can connect just with that or, like, uh, hold on to that. And I really see all the other problems that are depicted in the movie because he was a multifaceted villain. Just focus on the idea that he was uh, mistreated and that he had the right to lash out. And that's the issue with, um, with like, the toxic masculinity that some people would justify the way men treat women because of how they were raised or just being part of a culture that it is, um, you know, hateful of women. And you can make excuses all day, but there has to be a common understanding among people that there are certain things that are not acceptable. And that's, to me, that's the challenge because now with, and this is how, going back to the beginning of our conversation, with this type of uh, postmodernism, perspective everything is allowed and everything is uh, acceptable so it goes back to who are we to judge one culture as being better than another and then I've had people tell me well who are you to judge uh, Middle Eastern culture or uh, African culture when you didn't grow up in it you have not participated in that type of lifestyle there are women who like to be subordinate 
and they they find it refreshing or or their role in life. So how can you, as as an American citizen, go around telling people what would be the ideal when we see problems in this culture as well? And that's an issue that I've gotten with the people who disparage immigrants or Mexicans or whatever, that they say that they need to get their act together, or they need to be more American. And then it's like, well, have you noticed how dysfunctional American society is and how uh, there's a lot of problems here? So until you get your act together, you shouldn't be judging other cultures? I mean, it is, it is what it is, and everybody can knows the problem. I think yeah, I have it harder than both groups. I can't find I can't find employment. No, uh well it, it depends, man. I mean I think I think it's I if I say it's equal, I'm already being I'm not to hear, you know, people saying I'm wrong because, you know, oh no, women have it harder and then so if I did say no, women have it harder, I feel like I'm not being true to myself. Because, you know, I work as an EMT for 12 years. And if women are so equal, you know, they make equal pay to me. But how many times have I worked with a female partner that refused to lift the stretcher because she's a woman or because she's not strong enough, yet we're both making equal pay? And I get to lift it with that patient because, well, I'm the man. I'm supposed to accept that. It's a matter of interpretation. You know, there's no one right answer. So in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. I'm trying not to sound like I'm sexist here, because you know what I think? I think, that's all. I'm trying not to sound like a sexist, but... Hey, so you want to have your own show? How does it feel to to talk about something like this? Does, does it make you nervous, or you feel comfortable, or what? It doesn't make me nervous or uncomfortable. I just, we we spoke, we've spoken for the last, what, hour? for over a magazine article. It's an hour and five minutes so far. Uh, over one magazine article. If I had my own show, what I would do is I'd have a page of bullet points with different topics. Like maybe we would have hit this for a few, talk about it for five minutes, jump into something else, talk about it for five minutes. You know, I don't necessarily think we should have a script, but like even before the show, I made little notes about this. And then I just got bored of that article. I'm like, this guy, I don't know how to interpret his whole article and then bring Jesus into it. No, no, I just wear that sleeping bag. Did you hear about Kanye coming to Houston and pass out Bibles? Who, Kanye? Yeah. If that doesn't show that Lakewood is, isn't a church, that it's a goddamn circus, and Joel Osteen's ringleader, then I don't know what people think, man. If they can't see through that, then I, I feel bad for those people, all his followers. Someone made a comment about Kanye, and I thought, man, how true is it? He said he's going to be leading the cult in 10 years. I agree with that. The people are, not because he's smart and influential, but because people are so stupid. I tell my friend, he always tries to get me to go to his church. I'm like, look, man, I belong to the Catholic Church. I have no interest in going to your your church and banging a tambourine and handling snakes to prove my faith that you're, you're cult. He gets so mad. He gets so mad. 
you don't talk to me no more. He said, you Catholic, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do, you know? Okay, well, if, if you want to keep on coming on the show and, and, and working our craft where we talk about different things and um, yeah, you got to keep it exciting, but at the same time, you can run out of ideas real quick and then it takes so much. Well, that's why we change topics because this is just one long drawn out topic. We got to switch it up. Maybe talk. So I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write out some bullet points. Maybe we'll talk about uh, a couple political issues first. Then we go into a movie review. Then we, we review a movie together. We talk about it. And then we go into a couple more points. You know, just go through the weekly agenda. We do, If we do it on a Monday, you know, uh, we could do it, man. Or I'll record early with you or something, or Sunday or whatever. I can make time because I'm trying to look for work. But we could do it. And I could Through the week, I could do some research. I could, you know, as simple as going on Google News and looking and find stuff interesting to talk about and be comical about it. Cause like I know you don't like that podcast, man. But they always, I don't know, they kind of that 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 lawyer guy talks too much. But they they kind of they got a lot of good good to talk about, interesting perspectives. So, well, just know that don't feel pressure. Like if you want to come once a month and do that, and then twice a month, and then we make it like the regular show because it is a lot of work to to come up with material. Yeah. Well, for a full hour, you know, but we could fill it. I could fill it. If if you want to try it for next week, we can. And um, but uh, you know, it's up to you. But you know, also, don't. Yeah, man. I hope I was try not to make me sound like a bigot <laughs> or or sexist. Try not to, because I don't want this to. Okay, okay, player. So I'm gonna oh, e- edit it tomorrow and and post it and send it your way. But I, I gotta go. So. Thank you so much, and uh, it's always fun.